This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Here's a quick test to see if you're cringe. You used to have a Tamagotchi. You say things such as adulting. You read all the Harry Potter books in the original form. You think your Harry Potter house is an important personality trait. If you said yes to any of these questions, you're probably a millennial. But wait a minute, did anyone notice I said reading Harry Potter in its original form? Is there any other? Yes, my friends, there is. The Harry Potter books find themselves in the middle of a heated generational debate. While millennials grew up with the books and their characters, Gen Z doesn't seem to get what all the buzz is about. Until some Gen Zer decided to translate the Harry Potter series into their own language. And by language, I mean their slang, the way youngsters communicate, or better yet, text each other nowadays. Let's take a look at what I mean by that. The first chapter of the very first Harry Potter book is originally called The Boy Who Lived. But after it's been twisted and tweaked into Gen Z vocabulary, the chapter is called The Boy Who Wasn't Unalived. The translation goes on to describe that the Dursley family are very basic, thank you. It also says things like sus and all facts no printer. To save you the trouble of googling what these terms mean, sus is short for suspicious. And all facts no printer is slang for that's the truth. Dumbledore's first appearance is pretty funny, especially if you consider how serious this character is in the original storyline. The translator described him as being tall, thin, and very old with a boss beard long enough to tuck into his belt, and ends the description by saying, this ya boy Dumbledore. The whole thing is pretty comedic, and a lot of users commented, saying they desperately searched for where they could buy their own copy. Unfortunately for many, you can't buy the translation, as only bits of it were translated into the Gen Z dialect. But you can have fun reading a bit of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Ratios and Harry Potter and the Chug Jug of Fire. And yep, they're as bizarre as they sound. You see, a lot of the Gen Z dialect was developed as a way to escape being detected by algorithms. You gotta hand it to them, they're good at surfing the web. The thing is, if you're not a Gen Zer, you'll probably need a dictionary to understand what they mean though. Maybe it's time for millennials to face the harsh truth behind all of this. They are not digital natives. Sure, the World Wide Web was created in 1989 by a fancy CERN scientist known as Tim Berners-Lee. And technically, you're considered a millennial if you were born from 1981 to 1996. But the internet only became a part of millennials' daily lives around 1991. This meant that millennials had to learn how to navigate this entirely new world around their late teens. Most millennials had computer classes in schools where they learned how to type on a keyboard and how to write an email. They had to be alphabetized in this new language. Things most Gen Zers will find totally cringe. After all, they were born knowing how to operate smartphones and tablets like the back of their hands. But what does Harry Potter have to do with all of this? To understand that, we need some context. The Philosopher's Stone, 
The first book in the Harry Potter series came out in 1997. Both teen and kid millennials got extremely caught up in the whole wizardry world fantasy. Up until J.K. Rowling's last Harry Potter book, which came out in 2007, I mean, that's a decade of millennials' lives, you guys. So even if they didn't have the internet at full speed, they had potions and spells and mystery to fill in their afternoons. Plus, when the internet first became a thing, people were instructed not to trust it too much. Millennials were taught not to share their personal information online, not to reveal their true identities. I mean, who knew what this new cyber thing was? The fear of what could be lurking in the shadows of the internet was an incentive for people to create online personalities. They could be whoever they wanted to be out there on the World Wide Web. Slowly but surely, in 2003, Millennials' first widespread social media appeared. It was called MySpace, and it was like a proto-Facebook. MySpace reached a million active monthly users. That seems like nothing compared to the 1.1 billion TikTok users worldwide, but it was a lot for the early 2000s. It had a space for you to briefly describe yourself, a mini-bio where most people would put a quote from their favorite 90s rock band. People had to be creative in order to describe themselves without revealing too much personal information. So that's when they started saying they were a Hufflepuff or a Gryffindor. This way, everyone would understand and automatically identify you as part of a certain group. There were two ways of finding out which Harry Potter house you belonged to. The first one was someone's personal identification with a Harry Potter book character. Maybe you were a rebellious teenager with a tendency to identify with antagonist characters, such as Draco Malfoy. <laughs> Plus, you didn't like Harry all that much, so your natural house would be Slytherin. The other way was taking a BuzzFeed quiz, something millennials would say was the most accurate of diagnostics. Sure, you would probably cheat your way to getting to wear the Gryffindor emblem. In the end, all that mattered was that it meant you were bold, honorable, and brave. You see, at the start of the internet, millennials were encouraged to seek anonymity. So it also made sense if their lives weren't 100% online. Today, Gen Zers want visibility. They want to show their faces, their dancing skills, their comedic traits, and have their videos shared by millions of people on TikTok. They want to showcase every aspect of their lives on the web like they're themselves the main characters of their own reality shows. This difference is often called a generational gap. You know, specifically in the ways each generation deals with the online world. Today, Gen Zers seem to have the time of their life making fun of millennials. They don't get why millennials love the TV show Friends so much and why they feel the constant need to say how much they love coffee and pizza. Apparently, millennials make exaggerated use of emojis up to the point that it gets cringy. If you're a millennial, you're also an avid Pinterest user. You've probably decorated your house with the help of this social media and your pins are responsible for your aesthetic. But as far as youngsters say, Pinterest made millennials love rose gold and marble way more than they should. Oh, and then there's something Gen Zers call millennial humor. A hot TikTok trend of the moment is Gen Zers making fun of their predecessors' cringe humor. Several users have gone viral for mocking millennials and their love for musical parodies, the insane amount of avocado they put on toast, and the posting pictures with the caption, I did a thing. In Gen Zers' defense, some musical parodies produced by millennial users do make you want to cringe. 
Does coffee shop bop ring any bells? Another generational gap trend is what the younger generations are calling the millennial pause. And if you're a millennial, this one might even sound a bit hurtful. According to youngsters, a lot of millennial influencers begin their videos with a short pause that shows they're unsure whether the video has already started recording or not. Even Taylor Swift has been accused of this generational trait. Some millennials are trying to stand up for themselves and are saying that what is being called a millennial humor is only a small fraction of millennial content on social media. Some are saying that the content Gen Zers are making fun of belongs to specific social groups and is not representative of all millennials. Sure, unless it's about Harry Potter. Maybe that's the topic that evens out all those born until 96. That's it for today. So hey, if you pacified your curiosity, then give the video a like and share it with your friends. Or if you want more, just click on these videos and stay on the bright side.